This is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I can have what it says I can have. Today, I'm ready to receive the incorruptible, ever-living seed of the Word of God. Come, Holy Spirit, have your way in this place. Come, Holy Spirit, have your way in my life. I'll never be the same again. Never, never, never. In Jesus' name, amen. Your best shout ever. Remain standing for the reading of the word. Psalms 119, 49 through 64. Remember your promise to me. It is my only hope. Your promise revives me. It comforts me in all my troubles. The proud hold me in utter contempt, but I do not turn away from your instructions. I meditate on your age-old regulations. O oh Lord, they comfort me. I become furious with the wicked because they reject your instructions. Your decrees have been the theme of my songs wherever I have lived. I reflect at night on who you are, O Lord. Therefore, I obey your instructions. This is how I spend my life, obeying your commandments. Lord, you are mine. I promise to obey your words. With all my heart, I want your blessings. Be merciful as you promised. I pondered the direction of my life, and I turned to follow your laws. I will hurry without delay to obey your commands. Evil people try to drag me into sin, but I am firmly anchored in your instructions. I rise at midnight to thank you for your regulations. I am a friend to anyone who fears you, anyone who obeys your commandments. O oh Lord, your unfailing love fills the earth. Teach me your degrees. Praise the Lord. Isn't the word of the Lord rich and powerful? Sharper than any two-edged sword. Thank you for having such a reverence and an honor to the word of the Lord. God's faithful in so many ways. Well, you know, it's a, it's a joy and a pleasure to be back here again. The last time I was here was the second Sunday of March, and I preached for you both services, and then you shut the church down for four months. Thank you for letting me come back again, all right? How <laughs> I many know that's brave, <laughs> to say the least? Well, look at your neighbor and say, God loves you too much to leave you the way you are. <laughs> are we all changing? Have you been through a little change in the last six months? How many like all the new stuff going on in America? <laughs> well, something's going on. That's all I can say. Something's going on. Amen? I just get a feeling something good is about to happen. Amen? I got a feeling. Remember that song? Something good. Get, get going. <laughs> I got a feeling. I don't know. I'm really thankful that God's allowed me to be alive in this time. I wouldn't want to miss this for anything in the world. Come on, you ought to get excited about it. <laughs> Is that, how can you get excited about that? You just, hey, you read your Bible, you ought to get excited about it. Something good is going on, that is for sure. Now, I don't come to you this morning as a teacher. I am not 
uh, my, my ministry gift is not that of teacher as much as it is as prophetic and apostolic. I pastored for 46 plus years, but I've always flowed more in I want to hear what God's word is right here and now for the time and the season. And we are in a season. And so God is speaking to his church today. If you've got ears to hear, I love how the instruction in Revelation was to all the churches. He who has ears to hear, let him hear what the Spirit would say to the church. Because when you go through these unsettling times like we are in, these challenging moments that we, we go through from time to time, and yet here we are in a settling, unsettling moment that is affecting the entire world, you have to step back and say, God, there's more to this than what meets the eye. Come on. So I would take a few moments here today to try to bring some perspective to you of what I believe the Lord is saying and doing in this day that we are living right now. When we first begin to experience the breakout of the pandemic in March and April, the Lord really spoke a word to me that first month and said that the shaking was for an awakening. Literally, I heard that so clear and I uh, God gave me a message for it, and I spoke that virtually to churches in many places, even some internationally. The shaking is for an awakening. And I do believe that, that the shaking is going to awaken many that have been sleeping. And we are seeing that beginning to happen in our country and in places around the world as well. Then the Lord began to follow up with another word to me about six weeks ago. I had a dream and it was early in the morning, around 2 a.m. is when I woke up out of the dream. But in this dream, there was somebody that was standing at the end of my bed in the middle of the night. And it, this man, I recognized him. His name is Robert. He is a, a large black man that attends the church that my son pastors in St. Louis. He's an incredible trumpet player. Robert Stewart is just an, a great friend and just a great trumpet player. And he was standing at the end of my bed. I remember telling him about the dream later on. I said, you were standing at the end of my bed in a dream. He says, well, if you would have been at the end of my bed in a dream, I'd have taken a pistol out and shot you. <laughs> I said, well, I'm not that. I'm saved. <laughs> I said, but anyway, he, he stood there, didn't say a word. I said, Robert, what are you doing in my bedroom in the middle of the night? And he just picked up a trumpet, put it to his lips, and began to sound a trumpet. I mean, it was beautiful because he plays wonderful trumpet. Then he put it down, and then I woke up out of my dream. So, you know, I dream a lot. How many dream? How many here dream? I, I dream every night. Usually they're crazy stuff, all right? Well, this one woke me up, and I was like, I need to find out what you're trying to say to me, Lord. Went into my den, and God began to unfold some things to me. First thing I started to research out was the value of trumpets in the Bible. There's even a feast called the Feast of Trumpets, which we just came through that season as uh, Israel celebrated the Feast of Trumpets. But trumpets were there for a reason. They didn't have cell phones in those days. They didn't have any way of communicating when there was an emergency, when there was an alarm, they would sound the trumpet. And that trumpet, if it was sounded in a particular way, it would sound the alarm, we need to prepare for something. It was not just your typical joyful-sounding trumpet. It was like it was an alarm. 
It would signify possibly an alarm of war. There's an enemy at the gate. There's an enemy approaching us, and they would blow it in a certain way, and people would all know that. There was also a sound of the trumpet that would signify, signify that it was time to assemble together much like they used to do in the Western years when they had the, the big bell. I saw, noticed you got a bell tower on the front of the church, a bell. They'd sound the bell, and that was time to assemble, gather everybody together. So they would do that with the trumpet if it was sounded a great way. It was also used as a command to march if it was blown a certain way. And then the one that I like the most is that, and we see this in the as they gathered and went around the, the walls of Jericho. On that last day, they went around it seven times, and at the very end, they blew the trumpet, and that trumpet was signified as a sound of victory, and it was at the sounding of the trumpet. Wow, the walls came tumbling down. And so I believe that the trumpet is very powerfully used in the Old Testament as we see it. There's also various prophecies that signify that in the last days, there's going to be a sound of the trumpet. The great trumpet will be blown. Isaiah 27, 13 talks about that. In those days, they'll gather them from the east and to the west. The great trumpet will be blown. It's also used in Matthew 24, verse 30 and 31. Then the sign of the Son of Man will appear in heaven, and all the tribes of the earth will mourn, and they will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of heaven with power and great glory, and he will send his angels with the great sound of a trumpet, and they will gather together his elect from the four winds. So there's going to come a great sound of the trumpet in the end time. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 16, for the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout. Everybody say, with a shout. And with the voice of the archangel. So there's going to be a shout. There's going to be a voice. And with the trumpet of God. Okay. I mean, you know, it's going to be quite a day, all right? We see in 1 Corinthians 15, 22, <clears throat> or 15, 52, in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised incorruptible and we shall be changed. So <clears throat> we have promise about what we're going to hear in the last times with the trumpet. But let's take this and bring this right down to home with where we are. How does this apply to me today? Why the trumpet? And as I was praying in my family room that, that early morning and began to unfold it later on, is the Lord began to speak to me about how God has given each one of us a trumpet. Okay? You see, I think it's great that he's coming back with the trumpet. Angels are going to blow the trumpets. But God was saying, I want to get this a little bit more personal. I want you to begin to share with people that every one of us have been given a trumpet to blow. Every one of us have been given a sound to make. Every one of us have been put here in a time and a season. And it's not to be silent. It's to sound the trumpet that God has put into your mouth. He took me to a scripture in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 6 through 12, where it's really a teaching about how we need to understand that if we speak in tongues, we should not just use that language of speaking in tongues to somebody without bringing some understanding to it. What good is it if I give you a message in tongues and say, now, 
God bless you. Be obedient. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. And so I thought, well, that's crazy that I'm speaking about this. What's this mean? So let me just read this passage, these passages to you, and you'll understand. In verse 8, now, brothers and sisters, if I come to you and speak in tongues, what good will it be to you unless I bring you some revelation or knowledge or prophecy or word of instruction? It would be similar to if you go to another country, and I've been to many countries in my life and preached many places all over the world. I obviously don't speak their language when I go there. Even if you go to England, you don't speak their language. <laughs> you need an interpreter if you're an American because they don't understand. It's kind of like when I go from, from uh, St. Louis down to South Georgia. I need an interpreter, I tell you. <laughs> they just talk different. Now, Now, not as bad as Alabama, okay? I mean, them are really bad. And my parents used to tell me a story once where they went into a, a place. They stopped in Alabama, I think it was, and they wanted to buy some coffee and a sweet roll. They went in there and said, oh, they had pecan rolls there. So, honey, give me a pecan roll. So he says, I'll take a cup of, cup of coffee and uh, some pecan rolls. And the lady looks at and says, we ain't got none. And they're sitting right there. No, you got pecan rolls. No, you ain't got none. No, they're sitting right there. No, them aren't pecan rolls. Those are my pecan buns. <laughs> oh, pardon me. <laughs> See, I needed an interpreter. <laughs> well, we'll take some of them pecan buns. And so it, when I speak in a foreign country, if I stood there and I gave the most anointed, eloquent message possible and gave a prophecy that would literally deliver somebody's life and did it in English. If I'm in India, how many know that? Make? They will never understand that. They just don't get it. They don't get it. And so they interpret what, they're, so what is being said. So he says here, even in the case of lifeless things that make, in verse 7, that make things that make sounds such as a pipe or a harp or will anyone know what tune is being played unless there is a distinction of the notes. How many are glad that the band up here this morning, they were in sync and they harmonized. The notes were understandable, right? And the singers were in tune with them. And then he says in verse 8, for if the trumpet makes an uncertain sound or another translation, a clear call, who will prepare for battle? If you don't understand what's going on, who will prepare for battle? So it is with you unless you speak intelligible words with your tongue. How will anyone know what you are saying or who will just be speaking or you'll just be speaking into the air? Undoubtedly, there are all sorts of languages in the world, yet none of them is without meaning. If then I do not grasp the meaning of what someone is saying, I am a foreigner and speaker and a speaker and a foreigner to me. So it is with you since you were eager for gifts of the spirit. Try to excel in those that build up the church. Nehemiah 4.20 tells us wherever you hear the sound of the trumpet, rally to us there. Our God will fight for us. Joel 2.1 says, sound the trumpet, blow the trumpet in Zion, and sound the alarm in my holy mountain. So we hear clear distinctions here that the trumpet is very important, and it signifies something to us today. Now, I don't want you to leave this service today and go out and buy a trumpet and say, well, Pastor Phil told me to go buy a trumpet. If you feel God's telling you to do that, go do it, all right? I'm not telling you to do that. And everybody shows up next Sunday with the trumpet, and everybody starts blowing the trumpet. Oh, I won't be here if you do that. That, that, that would be weird, all right? <laughs> but that's not what we're talking about. 
We're talking about a spiritual meaning to what God is trying to say to all of us today. So, I hear the Lord saying that we all need to sound our trumpet today. God has given each one of you a trumpet to sound. God has given you a noise to make, a clear sound to make in the day that we are living in, especially the hour we are in right now. God has given you a clear trumpet sound, and he wants you to pick up your trumpet and begin to make some noise with it. Now, he also challenged me to tell you this, that if you leave your trumpet in the stand, which is generally is sitting there if you're not blowing it, if you leave it there and will not sound the trumpet that God has given to you, then you will create a void for the wrong trumpet to begin to be sounded in the day that we're living in. And in the day we're living in, I've heard the trumpet of fear. Where God says you need to blow the trumpet of hope. Are you getting this? Come on. If, you're, if the body of Christ is not sounding the right trumpet right now, then we're going to hear the sound of go hide. Instead of the sound of be bold. You see, God wants us to pick up the trumpet today. Your neighborhood is waiting to hear your trumpet. Your workplace is waiting to hear your trumpet. Come on, it's that 50-foot thing you got to own. God wants you to sound out. He, now, how do, we, how do we sound? How do we make a sound today? How do we really step out and begin to declare something today that maybe we've been a little bashful about? Well, I'm not talking about going out and ranting and raving on social media. Come on, how many know we got enough of that going on? Now, God might give you a word to make a sound on social media. Do that, all right? But don't rant and rave. That's the, that's the wrong sound. Come on, that's the wrong sound. Well, what about that conspiracy theory? That's the wrong sound. Are you getting this, anybody? <laughs> Man, I, social media is interesting. I, it's not, I, I've not seen social media cause the lame to walk or the blind to see, but I have seen it make the dumb to speak. How many have seen a few of those? Yeah, dear Lord. We saw something the other day on social media. I'm thinking, how in the world? Why, how could somebody say that? You know? <sighs> I do put a few jokes on there once in a while, though. Right, Mark? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, so how do we do that then? How do we really make a sound? Well, sounding your trumpet is standing up for what you believe. Come on. It's time the body of Christ stands up for what they believe with the spirit of love. Or sharing the gospel of hope and love because it's so needed today. Or standing for the country. How many know that if there's ever a time that Christians should be standing up for their country, it's a day like today. Come on. If there's ever a time where Christians should be going to the voting polls, it's a day like today. Listen, God's given us the ability and the freedom to live in a country where we can vote. That is a type of sounding your trumpet. You got that? It's a type of sounding your trumpet. They tell me that there were 30 million plus Christians that did not vote last, last, last election. 
What would happen if the, just the 30 million Christians would start to vote? Hello? <laughs> we got to sound the trumpet today. Your voice matters. I want you to hear us scripture in this message that God gave me as a warning to us. Ezekiel 33, verse 1 through 6. Again, the word of the Lord came to me saying, Son of man, speak to the children of your people and say to them, When I bring the sword upon the land and the people of the land take a man from their territory and make him their watchman, when he sees the sword coming upon the land, when this watchman sees the sword coming upon the land, and listen, let me just clarify this up. I do believe God is saying to the whole body of Christ right now, we have all been called to the position of watchman. Come on. We have a responsibility as watchmen today in the land. If he blows the trumpet and warns the people, then whoever hears the sound of the trumpet and does not take the warning, if the sword comes and takes him away, that man's blood will not be, will, shall be on his own head. He heard the sound of the trumpet but did not take the warning. His blood shall be upon himself. Are you following what it's saying so far? In other words, if you blow the trumpet and they don't listen, you did your job. Come on, you did your responsibility. You made the sound God asked you to make. But he who takes warning will save his life. But the watchman, if the watchman sees the sword coming and does not blow the trumpet, come on, if he does not blow the trumpet, then... And the people are not warned, and the sword comes and takes any person from among them. He is taken away in his iniquity. But his blood I will require at your hand, or the watchman's hand. Are you getting that? In other words, there's a weight of responsibility with this. If you call yourself a born-again believing Christian, and especially if you call yourself a spirit-filled, empowered Christian today, then it's no longer an option to us to blow the trumpet. It is a responsibility for us to blow the trumpet. It is a requirement of God. In other words, God has not taken you from this earth and sent you to heaven yet, so there is a responsibility that he puts upon you to blow the trumpet. And again, I tell you, if we don't make the sound today, the wrong sound is going to come out. It creates a vacuum. So everyone has a trumpet to blow. You know, we can't really just sit back and make our judgment about what God's doing today by what we see in the natural. Come on, you cannot live in the natural. You got to live in the spirit realm. You got to live in what the Holy Spirit is saying to you. I want to share a scripture to you from, I love the prophet of Elijah. By the way, Elijah, in some, you might, you might put in some, uh, you could say it this way, Elijah was known to go and hide in a cave once in a while, yeah. right? Okay. When he hid in a cave, he was not doing what God asked him to do. So you could say it's in the same parallel line with someone that's been given a trumpet to sound and they're not sounding the trumpet. And God would come to him saying, what are you doing in the cave here? Okay. So let me read to you this passage because we are in this time frame, in this time zone, so much with where we are right now. 
And I didn't give this to the sound booth, to, uh, to, the, to the audio people, because I'm going to pot shot around kind of quick on it. I'm reading out of 1 Kings chapter 18, and I'm going to read this first verse to you in verse 21. And Elijah came to all the people and said, How long will you falter between two opinions? I want you to think about that. How long will you falter between two opinions? If the Lord is God, follow him. But if Baal, follow him. But the people answered and said not a word. In other words, they weren't making any sound. They weren't. They were going back and forth from one opinion to the next. Now, I don't know if it's this way here in Georgia or in the city where you live, but I've never heard a day where everyone's got an opinion. And they're faltering between this opinion and that opinion. Take two Christians in the same room, boing, boing. They're, they're going back and forth between two opinions. Well, maybe that or maybe that or maybe this or maybe that. See, it all is an unclear sound. And one of the things that we see is that when God begins to set the stage to begin to bring a major change into the earth, you start hearing the same sound coming around every single place. Every place is starting to say the same thing. Listen, in the midst of the pandemic, in the midst of the unrest in Washington, in the midst of the violence in the streets, I don't know if you hear something, but something is starting to come out that's consistent if you're really listening to what the Holy Spirit is saying. So this is what he said to them. How long are you going to kind of just be a non-opinion people or bounce between, falter between two opinions? And so the showdown began. He said, well, let's see who God really is. And he calls himself to stand against the 450 prophets of Baal. Same sacrifice, same things to make the sacrifice, same things to cause the sacrifice to be accepted. And Elijah says, go ahead. You guys go first. 450 prophets of Baal, they prepare the sacrifice. They start doing their juju or whatever they did to try to get the, the, the sacrifice to light on fire. I mean, they were going after this thing. And finally, he steps back and he even starts to mock them. And he says, well, maybe your God is asleep. Maybe he's on vacation somewhere. Maybe he didn't hear you. Do it louder. <laughs> and there's, there, I mean, he's, he's mocking these people and nothing happens. Well, you know how it ends. He comes on the scene. He says, all right, thank you, Lord, for giving us this moment, this opportunity. By the way, that ought to be our Thanksgiving right now. Thank you, Lord, for giving us this moment and this opportunity. Come on. Are you really excited about living in the day that we're living in? Are you really excited about what God is about to do in the day that we're living in? You ought to get excited that he said, I love you and I know you're strong enough to walk through this day that we're living in and you ain't seen nothing yet. Whew, I get excited about that. So you know how he said, make the sacrifice all wet, wet the wood down. No, 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 not enough. Do it again. And three times he soaks the place so much with water that it's going to be an impossible thing that God could absolutely make this sacrifice be accepted before him. And guess what? God just puts a blowtorch on it. Kaboom! He lights that fire, consumes it up and everything around it. And he says, okay, there you go. He rounded them up, slayed the 450 prophets of Baal. 
But the thing that really catches me with this is that right at the end of that whole showdown, in the very next verse after he kills the 450 prophets of Baal, Elijah says, guess what? See, this was all about breaking the drought that was in the land. We needed a miracle. How many say we need a miracle today? The very next verse, Elijah said to Ahab, go up, eat, and drink, for there is the sound of the abundance of rain. One translation says, I hear the sound of the abundance of rain. I want to tell you today that we're living in right now, I hear the sound of the abundance of rain. I don't see the rain yet, but I hear the sound of the abundance of rain. I don't smell it quite yet because it hasn't hit my nostrils, but something's going on. Rain's are coming, as you might say down here. Then he sends out his servant and says, Go look for the cloud. Runs out there, looks, nothing there. Comes back, nothing there. Go look again. Sends him out seven times. Finally, he says, I see a cloud the size of a man's hand. Something's coming. Listen, we can't look on what's happening around us and go hide ourselves in our paneled little houses and be so afraid that we can't maneuver around. We need to come out of the closet today more than ever before. Blow the trumpet in Zion. Sound the alarm in my holy mountain. Make the sound God has called you to make in the day that we are living in because the sound of rain is there. Let me remind you, how many were here in the 60s and 70s? I knew you guys would raise your hand. So I was around there. How many were barely around? How many were kids in the 60s and 70s? How many were not at all around in the 60s and 70s? Okay, history lesson, all right? In the 60s, there was great unrest in our country. Incredible unrest in our country. There was uh, the, 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 well, I marked it all down. There was so much here. There, riots were all around the nation. The campuses were a mess. Students were being killed on the campuses. You remember that? And we're sitting like, what's going on in our country? And uh, there were protests going on all over the place. Buildings were being burnt because of the rioting. There was a great unrest because of the Vietnam War, and they were protesting the Vietnam War, even to the place of running and leaving the country illegally. There was a civil rights movement that began in that time from a man by the name of Martin Luther King Jr., and it was shaking things up. There was all kinds of race tension as a result of that. And then, if that wasn't enough, President JFK, he was assassinated. His brother Robert decided, I'll run for president, and they assassinated him. And then the man that started the civil righteousness, Martin Luther King Jr., was assassinated. All of these things happened in the 60s. If you would have been an adult like you are now, living in the 60s, you would have said, my God, what's happened to our country? There was a mess in Washington because it was the beginning of the Watergate scheme, a scandal, where President Nixon ended up resigning. I mean, there was all kinds of things that just parallel so much with what we're walking through right now. We didn't have the pandemic. I can grant you that one. Now, if you would have been alive there, you would have not 
been walking around saying, guess what? I think, uh, I think we're about to see a great move of God. That didn't look apparent. It didn't look like that was possible. But yet, all of a sudden, the Jesus movement broke out. How many of you ever heard about the Jesus movement? And all these long-haired, crazy, bell-bottom, striped pants, hair everywhere you can imagine. Hippies were getting filled with the Holy Spirit and saved, and there was a revolution in that movement. That's where some of the great worship leaders of the next 30 years came out of that, like Kent Henry was saved as a hippie, and I mean others that God used in a powerful way through that hippie movement. It was amazing how that, but that wasn't the only thing. The 70s lit up another, probably the last great national and international move across the earth that we have witnessed in the last years was in the 70s called the charismatic move where Catholics were getting filled with the Holy Spirit. Nuns and priests were speaking in tongues and dancing around more than the Pentecostals were. In fact, I remember people saying, this can't be of God because God can't fill Catholics with the Holy Spirit. I mean, they're wearing their, they're wearing their, their collar and the, the nuns are kicking the habit. And I mean, you know, everything else you can imagine was going on. They were getting liberated and God began to move in Notre Dame and he began to move all over the place. England, back in, in Germany, God had a, a, a worldwide movement of the Holy Spirit that took place. But if you would have been in the 60s, you would have thought this is not going to happen. You know what? The Lord is Speaking so clearly now and it's starting to hear you're starting to hear the reverberations of it and I can tell you I hear the sound of the abundance of rain beginning to break open this generation we've been how many been praying for years God send a revival that would shake this generation you got guys like uh, that are, that are just been giving their life for this cry and this intercession. God, would you move in this city, in, in this nation, and in this time, and in this world? And we're beginning to hear the sound of the abundance of rain. This man, Sean Foyt, have you followed anything he's doing? This Sean Foyt, he's a worship guy, long, curly, blonde hair. He is, many people running from the epicenters of where all the violence is happening, like in Milwaukee and out on the West Coast and everything. Sean Foyt is running to the epicenters, right where all the trouble has been going on, and they're having revival down there. In, in Milwaukee, where this whole thing broke loose with Floyd, this... There's a church there. You may not have heard about this, but there's a church in that, right in that square there. For the last five years, it's a, it's a black pastor that pastors that church. God's been telling them, get ready for revival to break loose in this area here. He says, I'm going to hit this spot with revival. Well, it didn't look like it. And then, of course, this breaks loose. Well, all of a sudden, people started running to the epicenter. And People have been getting saved. They have now marked over 5,000 salvations in the epicenter right there in Milwaukee. They set up a baptism tank, and they're baptizing them in the parking lot of that church that said God was bringing revival to that epicenter. <laughs> I'm telling you, it didn't look like it. That's why you can't look at what you see going on in the natural right now. 
but God's getting ready to open up the windows of heaven because I hear the sound of the abundance of rain. And we need to be running out looking for the cloud because it's a coming. It's a coming. It's going to start showing up over every horizon. The cloud of revival is starting to happen. Sean Foyd also, when they ban up, he's from California. He's out in Redding, California. He said, you can't sing in church anymore. You can't even meet in church anymore. He said, good, we'll go to the beach. I love that guy. That's it, man. Beach ministry time. Goes there. Starts getting the sound system out, start doing worship and singing and touching God. People are getting saved in so many beaches all up and down the west coast of California right now. And God told Sean, said, not only do you have the freedom to sing out here, but you got the biggest baptism in the whole world, baptistry in the whole world called the Pacific Ocean. You're going to baptize them. So they take them out on the waves and they get Get it waved over with baptism and they get filled with the Holy Spirit. They're having a revival on the West Coast. Come on, I hear the sound of the abundance of rain. And we ain't seen nothing yet. We ain't seen nothing yet. The resistance is going to begin to bring an incredible awakening in our generation. There are some other things that God is doing behind the scenes that that maybe so many people do not know. And I, I share some of these things with you because it'll build your faith to what's going on. In 2016, there's a network called the Generals International, and they joined forces with the Reformation Prayer Network, and they mobilized 10,000 intercessors to prayer walk the seven critical states where to get a righteous vote in that state. And I'm saying it the way I'm saying it. I'm not telling you Republican or Democratic or, or, or whatever else there might be out there. I'm talking about righteousness. Come on. God wants righteous votes to happen in our nation. Amen? They said we need to change everything in these states. And they sent these 10,000 into those states for a moral win. These men and women would walk around courthouses and around the center of those key cities and those key towns. And they were praying that righteousness would prevail over those cities. And as a result, every single one of those seven states got flipped over to a righteous stand of a voting at that time of the election. Come on. That was sounding their trumpets. Another organization called As One mobilized its networks in two different times of prayer walk for over 40 days. In fact, you may not know this, but there's 70, 70 teenagers in Washington, D.C. right now. On a, they are fasting and praying until the election takes place, believing God for a righteous result in the, in the election. There's things behind the scene that are going on that we don't know and that we've never seen before. But this organization called as one, they had these 40 different, different um, days of fasting and prayer. And they call these fasting and prayers urgent. They have to be like this. They have to be urgent. They have to be Pentecostal. And they have to be a battle for the heavenlies. And every place where those teams went, they saw a breakthrough in those cities where they went. Folks, either it works or it doesn't. You see, that's blowing your trumpet. There's a man by the name of Frank Armedia. Right after the last presidential election, after it already had been done in 2016, he formed a group called the Breaker Anointing Group. How many like the name of that? Just the Breaker Anointing Group. For the purpose to make a way for God to move in the church and that there would be a united church for the purpose of taking back 
our country for God. Come on, how many know we've been in a battle over this country for a long time? The walls of culture are being shaped and changed. The key to bringing the walls of culture into a place of Christian values again is going to bring the unitedness of the body of Christ together to begin to serve God in a unity against the walls of culture. Well, Frank and other faith leaders decided the day after the election last year to organize a group of prophets and intercessors who could speak to the power in the country and serve as a spiritual shield for the leadership of our nation. A spiritual shield. They called this the POTUS shield. Usually POTUS stands for President of the United States. This didn't stand for that. It stood for the prophetic order of the United States. And they started gathering together to pray. When I went to their website, because I just heard about this. It's been going on for four years, and I just came into this and understood this and heard this. It was a few days after I had that dream. I went to their website, and after God had been saying, blow the trumpet, I went to their website, and on their mission statement, it says this. Our mission, to blow the trumpet and sound the alarm. To those who have ears, let them hear, and eyes to see, let them see. Our focus was on Washington, D.C., over the Capitol, and since then, they have gotten POTUS shield teams literally over every capital of the United States, praying and believing God that every state in the union of the United States of America will have righteous results. <laughs> Folks, we could see something happen that we've never seen happen before. I don't know if you're following the events of the day, but if you look in the natural, you could get discouraged. If you watch the news reports too much, come on, it's all right to have some knowledge and understanding, but don't baptize yourself into the news too much because that'll get you looking in the wrong direction. God wants you to look this direction, and God wants you to not have your opinion swayed by what you see. He wants you to have your trumpet blowing by what you hear. And as a result, we can see a turnaround in our nation, amen, and in our world today. But this is bigger than just the United States. This is about the world. Come on, in the day we're getting ready to move into, I believe we will see nations born again and born in a day, birthed in a day. It's happening. It's possible. There was an, there was a, 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 an Indian state, a state of India called Nagaland. Never even heard of Nagaland. I mean, this crazy. 1.3 million people. Just, what, 20 years ago they had a revival break loose. In this state of 1.3 million people, 1 million souls came to Christ within a two-year period. Come on. How many want to see something like that happen? I don't know how many people live in Georgia, but wouldn't that be great if like 90% of Georgia got saved and born again? <laughs> Baptists are the ones that brought that revival to Nagaland. Amazing. God can do whatever he wants to do. There's a, there's a revolution starting to happen in the world. Many people have referred to the leader of our own country now. And there again, I don't want to talk about that because it can be, we have opinions all over the place. But God's using him similar to what we would see as King Cyrus in the Bible was used. You'll read about Cyrus. He was probably a lot like our current president. Well, when you study it out, there are, and, and see what's happening in the world 
Israel has a Cyrus over it now. The United Kingdom has a Cyrus now. Saudi Arabia now has a Cyrus-type leader. United Arab Emirates has a Cyrus-type leader. Poland has an amazing Cyrus-type leader. Hungary has a Cyrus-type leader. Brazil is a Cyrus-type leader and is lighting up for the kingdom of God. There are 13 Cyrus-type leaders of countries that all of a sudden in the last two years have come into power over these countries. You tell me God isn't up to something here. You know what I'm praying? We need a Cyrus in India. We need a Cyrus in China. We need a Cyrus in every place that God would use leaders and put leaders in countries where things can be changed for the kingdom of God. Folks, I could go on for hours because I'm so stirred by what God is doing today. But I know that it's time for each one of us to take serious the trumpet that God's put into our hand. I'll close with this scripture. Isaiah 58. Cry aloud. Spare not. Lift up your voice like a trumpet. Tell my people their transgression in the house of Jacob, their sins. God's trying to get our attention. The question is, are we listening? Are we going to be part of the trumpet blowers? Or are we going to sit back and listen to the wrong trumpet? It's a responsibility God has given to each one of us because we are here today. Because we are in the earth today. And we can't take it lightly. Because we're going to see something happen in the days that we're moving in that we've dreamt about. And I believe that with all my heart. So don't give up hope. Stand strong in the Lord. And begin to say, God... What do you want me to say? What do you want me to sound? What voice have you given me? And let's be obedient to what God would say to us. Would you bow your heads with me for a moment? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. The Lord would have you to hear that. He wants you to hear that I've been preparing this church for the last two years for the days that are sitting in front of it. There's going to come an open flood of these doors on this place. And you will see an increase of salvations that even at times you will sit around as a leadership team and say, how will we contain what God's going to do here, what God is doing here? I prepared you because you didn't back off, because you didn't cower away, because you didn't just close the doors and say, nope, we won't move forward. In fact, your boldness Right now, God is going to honor that and reward you and increase you even more. And every assault that comes against you, whether it be in the past or whether it's coming yet in the future, I'm going to take each one of those assaults and I'm going to turn them around for my good. And you're going to see an increase of a harvest in this place as a result of moving forward with faith and hope. 
you call yourself a place of faith and a place of power and a place of hope. And the people that are driving by don't even realize what they are feeling, but they are sensing something different about this corner. And I'm going to begin to light it up more than you've seen in the past because you have been prepared and poised for this next season that you're getting ready to experience. I sense a whole wave of supernatural physical healings that are going to begin to break open in this place. In fact, I even saw, I even felt like there were there was going to be some designated special prayer designated times orchestrated just for people that need a miracle in their life, a physical miracle in their life. They're going to come on a weekly basis and they're going to have hands laid on them and they're going to walk away over a period of time free from the thing that they walked in with. I see a healing anointing in this place. And along with that, the gifts and the callings of God are going to be revealed in that person at the time through prophetic words. So I see a prophetic healing anointing that's going to escalate and increase in this place. And I'm going to use it to touch many people that will never, ever be part of this church, but they're going to be set free and they're going to bring life wherever they go. So prepare yourself for a day of of supernatural heightened activity because I'm getting, I have prepared you for the last two years to walk into this new anointing. For those that have felt feeble and weak, even experienced some fear in this process in time, the Lord knows your heart and you're not being judged through it, but God's saying, I'm going to strengthen you in the process. I'm going to give you the ability to become stronger in me than you've ever known and you've desired to move into that new strength, I'm going to give you that ability. This is a new season and you're walking in it. Yes, 2020 has been the year of if anything can go wrong, it will go wrong. But you're going to come out of this year and you're going to say when everything went wrong, God turned it around and everything went right. So don't get nervous when something happens that feels wrong because I'm going to turn every one of your wrongs into a right for the kingdom of God, saith the Lord. This is a new season for Believer's Church, and you're going to be victorious in every single thing you touch, saith the Lord. Praise God. Would you stand with me, if you will? Can you give God a shout of praise for that? Amen. Thank you so much for joining us on the Believer's Church YouTube channel. If you would like more information about Believer's Church, you can visit mybelieverschurch.com. If there is anything that you need prayer for, please email us at amen at mybelieverschurch.com. Be sure to check back next week for a brand new message. 